We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality. We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of change that helps you laugh stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! Hey guys, Sean here. I'm without Helena today, but I have something really exciting for you. I have a clip from a live training I did in the Secret Habit men's community on how to develop healthy, purposeful friendships and relationships. It's really going to be talking about crushing the four barriers that keep people from healthy, thriving relationships and then offering some really practical solutions on how you can start doing that, breaking down those barriers and experiencing more connection in your life with brothers and sisters in the Lord, with your spouse, with your family. It is vital to recovery to feel connected. So I really want to bless you with this because I know when I had stuff like this taught to me, it blessed me so much. And I also want to bless you with a free offer of joining the men's community secrethabit.ca slash community. So you can get in on these live trainings every month. So you can actually do it over video. There's a QA and a at the end that you miss when you're not in the community. So may this training bless you, but may it also propel you to joining the community and really starting your recovery in a safe environment where there's lots of great resources. And that might just be the place that nudges you towards getting coaching and other help. So bless you as you listen to this live training. I really hope it helps you start to develop and thrive in your relationship. So God bless, enjoy the training. All right, so we are here to talk about how to develop purposeful male friendships, healthy male friendships, ultimately trying to break down some barriers so guys can connect more. There's all sorts of reasons why that is challenging. This is going to be a scratching the surface, really just helping us get some fundamentals down. There are some deeper things that need attention for certain guys with past traumas and abuse, et cetera. So I don't want to act like this is going to be the be all end all teaching training, but I do want to acknowledge there are some simple things we can do to begin getting on that road towards healthy relationships. So first things first for you guys here, best thing you could do is grab a journal, grab a notepad, have some something to take notes on. You can take notes on exactly what I'm saying, if that's good for you. I'll probably post the notes in the um, video being posted in the community. But what I want you guys to really do is take notes on what you guys are thinking and processing. Maybe you get triggered by something. Maybe you have a question for later. So write down as much as you can, probably a little bit less of what I'm saying and more of what you're registering from what I'm saying. That's always the best notes because they're more personal to what you need specifically rather than just what I'm teaching. The expectations for today is just helping break down mental barriers, helping you become curious about what's beneath the struggles and to help you take redemptive risks 
I learned that word from a friend of mine, and I really love that idea of redemptive risks. It's just so powerful, but that idea can be really scary. So I want to be able to break down some barriers and begin the work of curiosity. And just really that disclaimer I kind of already talked about, but ultimately I, I know guys have been deeply hurt in relationships. I don't want to dismiss that. We get hurt in relationships. We get healed in relationships. It's quite a catch-22 dichotomy. So this simple training is not to undermine the gravity of some pains and traumas, but just to simplify the concept of creating relationships. So if this does seem too simple or it's not hitting on the depth that you're looking for, that might be an indicator that one-on-one -on -one or group coaching is something to investigate. It might be necessary for that deeper healing. But let's get rolling. The first thing I just want to simply cover is the two places that you're probably going to want to consider creating relationships in. The first one is easy, especially after COVID is virtually. Virtual nowadays is where a lot of people are at. And we see a lot of these communities that are like-minded and focused on recovery or being a dad or being a husband or whatever it might be. You got the secret habit community. In there, we have these live monthly calls. We have a prayer meeting once a month. We have lots of guys in there. There's other like-minded groups. You can find those on Facebook, forums, recovery areas. So lots of opportunities virtually, but we all know that has some downsides with that physical interaction that we're looking for. So locally, it's not news to anybody, but it's just a good reminder that we all have relationships and friends in our life that we could probably grow deeper with. Sometimes we have a friend that we really enjoy, but we don't really know them that well. We have a lot of peers in our life, be it at church or at work or through hobbies. And we sometimes don't even realize how we actually share a lot of common interests. We're, we're actually, in, uh, we admire the fruit they have on the tree in a certain area. And those are great people to get to know because there's a common interest. There's a desire to learn from them in certain areas. That's one of the things that I constantly look for is people that have fruit on the tree in some specific area, or they're hungry to learn about something in their life that I'm also excited to learn about, or maybe I have some fruit on the tree. So just really basic for you guys is where to start. There's a lot of places to find guys to connect with. And this is not so much about, you know, spreading the net so wide, we want to go deep. But we do want to make sure we get around areas that offer several opportunities to connect with men that are like minded. So let's get into some of the meat for today. How I'm going to frame this is going by one common barrier that men often face, and then I'm going to offer solutions to that barrier. So we're going to break down the barrier, offer some solutions, and, and just go one by one. I think I have one, two, I think I have four barriers, four themes, and then talk about the barriers. So the first one is just limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs really affect us in all areas of life. We really have a lot of I can't beliefs or they won't beliefs. So some of the common ones that I'm hearing from men, and, and, I'm, and I'm very guilty of this. I'm not playing expert as I figured this out in my own life. I've had rejection in my past. I've had pain in my past. So I'm coming at this from a place of learning this along the way and continuing to learn this. But I know one that's very common is they don't have time for me or I'm being a burden. Very common limiting belief that we can have as men. Another one is my struggles aren't that important. Very easy to undermine how we need someone in our life to create safety, to help co-regulate. And then another one that's very common, especially for men that grew up in a performance-based household, 
I should be able to figure this out alone. There are way more, but those are the basically the three or four key ones that I hear a lot. And really those are driven by fear from past pain. They might be driven by pride that was part of the household growing up. And ultimately guys, they're just driven by lies. I've been able to break these down with guys that I work with. And it's just incredible, right? Like that one, my struggles aren't that important. I then pose the question, well, if somebody called you with that same struggle, how would you respond when, when you answered the phone? And oh, I, I would love to help that person. Oh, well, I'm sure they would love to help you too. And it's so interesting how we can limit ourselves based off of our own lens towards what we see, but we would help someone else in a heartbeat. So it's very easy to get caught up in these limiting beliefs. So we talked about why, fear from past pain, maybe pride, potential lies. We often lose a sense of our identity in Christ, that we are part of this body of Christians, that we are called to help each other, to bear one another's burdens. And there's something really special about that. And then the last one is really getting caught up in self-righteous living. I don't think people do this on purpose. I don't think people are even aware often when this happens, but we live in a world where quote unquote goodness is very popular when we're actually called to live righteously. And sometimes righteously is what bumps up against this culture that is offended by everything. And it can be challenging to know the difference. So when we're creating male friendships, it can be hard to know that difference. So sometimes we get caught up living self-righteously where we don't think we need anybody else because it's easier to just be in control because of past pain. So those are some limiting beliefs. Those are some reasons why they often happen. Some solutions to those, very simple, really asking yourself that question that I already posed. You know, if somebody called me and asked me blank, how would I respond? That's kind of the acid test in my life when I'm going through conflict or I'm struggling with something that's always, especially with conflict. If somebody came to me and proposed that sort of idea with me, you know, they had a conflict, they want to give me criticism or feedback. If they said that to me with love and a care for me, how would I respond? And if it's anything that is positive, then it's like, okay, that is the acid test to say, then that is an open door for me to go and do that to that with that person to handle conflict that way. Another solution, and this one's really powerful, guys, reading the Psalms and really looking at how David cried out with all sorts of laments, realizing that in these limiting beliefs, in these times that we believe lies, we get prideful, we're struggling, we are not alone. I think David is one of the best examples for us in the book of Psalms that God cares about us, and so do his people. Sometimes we just need to remember that God hears us in our deepest cries, our deepest anguish. And I've, I've prayed specifically for friends to come into my life in cries of loneliness or frustration with feeling like I'm the pursuer. And God has been really faithful to provide, not maybe the way that I thought it would go and how easy it could be, but in a partnership way that he called me to extend myself, to take redemptive risks. And it's been really powerful. And then the last one, which I really love, is plainly asking someone in your life the questions you think you already have answers to. This happened several times. I, I, I'm at the end of a session with a client and I say, hey, go do this right now. Text the three guys that you have in your life that you think are accountability partners or they're, they're there for you, but you believe they're too busy or that you're a burden. I want you to text them right now and say, hey, Joe, I just feel like 
I'm a burden to you, man. When I call you with my struggles and sometimes I just feel like you're too busy for me. You've never made that apparent, but I feel that way. And I just wanted to know, is that true? And it's just amazing. Every single time I get my clients to do that, they always come back, Sean, it's so awesome, man. They just told me like, I can call them anytime. And they are so happy to hear from me and they love me. And it's just really reassuring when we actually stop assuming and ask somebody point blank, is this true? I, I, I would love to know what is true here. Because the limiting beliefs are often really powered by assumptions and they really limit us. So that is barrier number one. We see scripture talks a ton about renewing our mind, the way we think, what we believe. So we want to start off with that. Second one is definitely a lot more challenging. That is the barrier of feeling safe or feeling a, a level of trust. This is really where a lot of past pain will come up or can come up because of lacks of safety in our caregivers growing up, or we've had trust broken from relationships. Those could be romantic. Those could be family. Those could be friends. And our body remembers the feeling of being rejected. So these are often the barriers that come up is the question of what if they ignore me? What if they shame me? What if they reject me? What if they hurt me? And a bigger, even bigger one at times is what if I'm left worse off? Basically, is it even worth trying? Those are huge questions that can really hinder any action because it brings on a lot of fear. And those sorts of barriers are very much driven from childhood trauma, programming from our caregivers. Usually it's either a over-controlling or a neglect, a trauma from a loved one. And also, yeah, the negative evidence from past relationships. That's one of the biggest killers is when we've gone through life and there's a, an amount of evidence that proves to some degree that people have hurt us, that people will reject us. That can be really challenging because that's what the enemy wants us to remember. He doesn't often bring us to the memories of when we've been loved, when we've been pursued, when we've been blessed. So it's really important to remember that these questions, again, come back to what I just mentioned before, limiting beliefs. We can definitely remember times, like I remember many times being rejected, being shamed by people in my life, but then I'm also reminded by the Lord, but Sean, remember this time, this season where I brought Steve into your life and he was a light in that time. Remember this time when I brought Neil into your life and he was an absolute lifesaver. It's just those little moments where you remember, wow, like there are good, loving people that I can feel safe with, that I can build trust with. And there's wisdom in that if you've been hurt very heavily before. But to remind ourselves that there are people that want to show love, that want to be trustworthy, that want to be safe for us and with us. So that is really important. Some solutions to that is really realizing what's going on in our nervous system. Um, there's an image I was going to show. I think what I'll do is I'll actually post it in the show notes. But it's basically a, an image of our nervous system getting that gets into our fight, our flight, and our freeze response. When we get triggered by a perceived danger, aka this person's not safe, this person's not trustworthy, because of what I've experienced before our nervous system goes into fight mode, flight mode, even fawn mode, freeze mode, 
basically goes into a place where we don't make good decisions. We often live in trauma. We live in a, a space where we make more immature decisions, not on purpose, but because our nervous system, when it gets hyperactivated, it shuts off the part of the brain that makes good decisions. And when that happens, you, you can't think rationally about, oh, that's right. This is actually a lie because Neil's been in my life and Steve's been in my life. And all we remember is that time when we were eight and we were abused, we were rejected, we were hurt. And that's where we become really aware of what's actually going on within us. So that's really important. And then to go with that a little bit more about what I've been talking about is really defining times, like even getting a journal, like a really special journal and writing down stories, memories of times that you felt accepted that you felt safe, that you felt received by somebody and using that as a way to interject lies and to defy the negative evidence that you are never accepted. You are never safe with another man, that you can't rebuild trust with people. I know there have been horrendous stories of men that I've worked with. So I say this with a ton of sensitivity, but I also know that in some way, shape or form, it's very likely that we've all experienced some guardian angel, if you want to put it that way, that's really touched us. And it's easy to forget about those people when we've had a lot more pain than a lot more blessings, but we really are called to shine the light in areas of darkness. And then the last thing here in this, this part is that redemptive risk I was talking about. This is where we start taking redemptive risk to say, no, this happened before and I know it can happen again. This, this beautiful relationship with Neil, that is possible to happen again. And redemptive risks are really about taking a calculated risk that you've prayed through. Maybe you've talked to somebody else that you trust and you just feel a peace that this is someone that God wants me to connect with. That's really important. Sometimes our emotions can get the best of us. We get really excited about a new relationship and we kind of turn on the fire hose Sometimes it's nice just to slow down, pray about it, ask the Lord to remind us of beautiful moments where we felt and experienced safety and trust with other men and take that redemptive risk, not fire hose, but that redemptive risk to say, hey, I'm Sean. Man, I really have admired seeing you at church the last few months. I just see the way you interact with your wife and your kids and I'd love to connect. I really admire that about you. It's something that I'm trying to work on in my own life. And I'm just looking for more guys that are on purpose that I can be friends with. Hey, man, I've, I've, I've seen you like wearing like sports shirts before, man. It seems like maybe you play basketball, man. I play basketball, you know, we go out every Wednesday night. Would you ever want to get together and play some basketball? Like it's, it's actually a lot easier than we think it is but we have to get beyond the limiting beliefs. We have to get beyond the fears, beyond the memories of broken trust and broken safety. And I'm not saying that's easy, but I'm saying it's important. So those are the two major barriers that really even hinder someone from getting started. The next one is like, where do I even start? I haven't really done this much before. This is kind of scary. It might be a bit new to me. So some of the main questions is who do I ask? How do I ask? What do I say without it sounding too much or not enough? And these questions are with, you know, in, in, in the reality, they're, they're more prideful questions. They're more about us than it is about the other person. We end up focusing on ourselves. Sometimes we think pride is boastful. 
this is the other side of pride, which is just thinking too much about ourselves, not in a positive way, but actually in a negative way or maybe lacking worth kind of way. So this is often hindered this, where do I start? How do I ask? How do I, who do I ask? What do I say? It's hindered by overthinking what a relationship is. A relationship with another man is not your be all end all. It's a friendship. It's somebody who you do life together. He's partly to build you up as a man of God and you're there to build him up as a man of God. Or maybe you guys are just there to play basketball together. Like we don't need to overthink what these relationships have to be or need to be. They're often hindered by staying inside of our own relationship box. That idea of this is what a relationship has always been. This is what it is. You know, you know, like with my family growing up, I never saw my parents really have friendships. So I had to discover what is a relationship for Sean. And that's hard to do as a porn addict. So it really wasn't even until I became sober and free what it meant to actually have a relationship. So sometimes we need to like step outside of our own box of what we think our relationship is and actually question that. Become curious and wonder, what does Jesus say about a relationship? What does the Bible say about relationships? We certainly see relationships everywhere in scripture with Jonathan and David, the way Jesus was in relationship with these scum of the earth, the way he handled Peter was pretty incredible. Oh, we can see how relationships were done in the Bible. And it's like, wow, that's different than today, or that's different than I normally try and build a relationship. So just being really aware. And then, like I said before, this really gets hindered by pride. And it's not the pride of boast. It's the pride of actually mostly self-contempt, self-doubt. And that is just as dangerous as boasting. So what are some solutions to where do I start? What do I say? You know, first thing, I would really encourage you to make a really big list of people in your life or acquaintances that you might connect with on a regular basis, that there are some opportunities to say, hey, man, like, I saw this about you. I see this about you. Somebody at church, somebody at the coffee shop you work at once a week, twice a week, you know, like, make a big list of these people that are in your life. And you can kind of just pray over that list and ask the Lord, who, who is someone, Lord, that you want me to take a redemptive risk with and ask some questions, become curious about their life. That's really huge. That's the second point is start asking questions. Who would I like to get to know better? Who has similar interests? Who has fruit on the tree? Who is safe that I can see that really cares about people? Who do I feel like I could be honest and comfortable with? Those are great questions. Because often we don't think about that. We just assume and assume and assume. So really asking these questions is really important. And even bigger is actually putting our eyes on the other person. Sometimes we could even think, how could I serve that person? I see that they have a, a busy young family. I wonder if there's a way that I can like help this guy in some way, shape, or form. I think it's really neat when we partner in relationships. And then that takes me to the next point, which is, I was thinking about this, a relationship. I just got this picture of like a sailboat. Like it's a ship. So with a relationship, it's this idea that we're sailing towards a destination. And the destination as Christians is heaven. But this destination to get to this relationship, this sailing journey takes time to get there. So really realizing that the journey is not about sharing everything right away or making sure you know everything about this person. It's a journey of building trust. The relationship is a journey of connecting, of having fun with one another, 
doing sport or activity together. And as you progress on the journey, you become very connected. And that's where you start sharing more vulnerably, you share more about yourself. And I just really love that picture of that sailboat. You know, sailboats can, you know, you can kind of decide how fast you go. And I think that's really cool, especially if there has been trauma around relationships. There's no one telling you that it has to look this way. It's really going to be more about you guys feeling safe and connected than it is about getting somewhere as quickly as you can. And that is so important. And then that takes me to the last barrier is what's the purpose? Like, what is the purpose of relationship in your opinion? Um, I have a course called Creating a Sexual Template. And it's for ideally married couples that are struggling to talk about sex. And it's like the first question that you need to ask before you actually talk about sex, the activity of sex is what is the purpose of our sex life? If we don't know what the purpose is of our recovery or our friendships or our sex life or whatever we're doing, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're sailing. We don't know why we do what we do. Some days we'll be red hot and excited and other days we'll be in, you know, stuck in bed all day because we just don't know why, what's the point of getting up. And, I, and I've seen that. I've, I've felt that before. So one of the biggest questions that I want guys, especially in the secret habit community to ask, is this relationship just because we both are trying to quit porn or do I actually want to get to know this person? Do we actually want to do life together? Is there a passion and a purpose that we share? Do we have like-minded goals that we both care about? We want to break that relationship box that the recovery world has really put together for a long time. And that's because of things like purity culture, police-like accountability, um, this idea that, um, you know, when you, you know, when you guys, when you guys are in recovery together, you know, you need to make sure you're checking in on each other and meet once a week to talk about your porn addiction. It's like, you will have way better results meeting with somebody once a week to talk about your passion in life, your purpose in life. It'll start to change your cravings for what you do and don't do. It's really amazing. And that's so much of the approach that we take at Secret Habit and some of the other guys I admire in this industry is, we're not talking about just quitting porn all the time. We're talking about finding purpose in life. We're talking about finding other things that make you feel alive so that you don't crave the fake world anymore. So some ways to do that, guys, is to seek true friendship and camaraderie based on common ground. You guys have similar passions. You guys have similar goals. I think one of the best things to think about, guys, is to be disciples of one another that famous proverb iron sharpening iron i don't think that happens enough in the church and i think it's so cool to wonder and it doesn't have to be you guys don't have to be like oh you know we need to study this book together or it's like how do you guys just serve one another to become more like christ that's a beautiful purpose of a friendship and then here's the thing about accountability it's still important but the goal isn't to just have accountability around your porn addiction because that becomes like this policing, it's like this competition or this performance, but what accountability in all areas of your life focused on becoming a godly man? That's really what's important is checking in on someone to say, hey, you said you wanted to do this with your wife this week. How did that go? How did you make that happen? Because how, how do you multiply that? How do you do that again next week? Oh, that didn't happen? Well, tell me about that, man. Were you afraid of something? Did something get in the way of you being intentional? 
we're talking about going way deeper than just, did it happen? Did it not happen? Did you relapse? Did you not relapse? We're talking about the heart and the mind and the soul. And that's really, in my opinion, what relationships are all about. So that is the four barriers, guys. Just to recap, we're talking about limiting beliefs. We talked about safety and trust. We talked about where do I start? And we talked about what's the purpose. So that's the barriers. Then we talked about the solutions for that. Like I said, there will be some notes that I put once this recording's posted. I'll put all my reading notes in the description so you guys have those as well. But here are some really just defined next steps for you guys. And I want you to really consider these. I want you to consider them because I think they're really important. I think they can be really scary. But at the end of the day, what is scarier? Isolation and feeling neglected, assuming all these lies, or taking a risk that even if it doesn't go well, you know that you did something that makes you feel dignity, that you listened to the Lord and took a chance. I think that's way more important. I think we can feel hurt by those things, but I also think we feel a sense of dignity from those things. And when men feel dignified, they, they do good things. I know the most healthy marriages I see are where the man feels like a man. And this is a total side topic, but that's not the wife's full responsibility. That's his responsibility by taking risks, leading the family. And this is an opportunity for you guys to be leaders of your ship. And that's really cool. So let's talk about these one, two, five next steps. So the first one, and I'll talk slow if you guys want to take notes on it. Pinpoint the limiting beliefs and the fears that are keeping you from reaching out so you can tackle them head on with truth and awareness of your fear response, of the, the perceived dangers. You want to become very aware of what you perceive as danger and tackle those head on with truth, with awareness. Give me a thumbs up when you guys are done writing. See you guys writing. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Number two is decide on what you want and what you need from a relationship. That one seems way too obvious, but I don't think we ever do that. Like, what do you actually want and need from a relationship? I think that's so vital. I see some thumbs up. I'm waiting. <laughs> awesome. This is going to go on a podcast. I don't want there to be this long, awkward pause. Number three is set some goals that you want someone to help you with. What a cool thing to say. Like, hey, man, I'm trying to grow in my marriage right now. I see that you've been married longer than me or that you have fruit on the tree in an area that I don't. Man, I, I would love to talk to you about some of the way, some of the things that you did to get there. I got these goals right now. And I, I'm looking for someone to help me through that. Now, you don't have to know everything I just said. <laughs> so number four is, this is just what I'm thinking, but I would say, guys, connect with five men from your big list. You could do less, you could do more. But if you do at least five, what you're doing is you're creating opportunities to, to begin the journey of friendship. 
we all know people have busy lives. We all know things fall through the cracks, but I think if you at least start five potential relationships, it's a good chance you'll end up with one or two that feel solid, that feel healthy. And then the last one here is take some calculated and redemptive risks. And with that, deepen relationships one step at a time. I'm going to reiterate that one step at a time. And have fun along the way. Friendship is fun. It's not about recovery. There's a drudgery of, oh, I got to call Joe tonight. It's supposed to be fun. We were made to be in relationship. We were made to be in fellowship. And if having a call with a friend or going for coffee with a friend doesn't bring a joy to your spirit, then I think there's something off. And I want, I want guys to smile more. I want guys to be excited to be in fellowship together. So guys, that is really the teaching for today. Just that quick recap. We talked about, you know, virtual and local. We talked about the barriers and the solutions. We're talking about these next steps that you can really implement this week. I'm not saying they're easy. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone's going to do them. But I think the guys that take this seriously are going to have some breakthroughs, are going to really create some new friendships. But I do want to just go back to what I said at the beginning. This is a very simple teaching. I am aware of that. This might be too simple for some of you, for anyone listening. This might not be possible given trauma you've been through or where you're at in life right now. I understand that and I'm not diminishing that. What I want to say and do is give a plug for getting some coaching, regardless if that's from me or if you see a counselor or a therapist or whoever it might be, we do grow up with insecure attachments. We grow up with trauma. We grow up with re being rejected. So if that if this feels too out of your out of out of the realm for you, if you're just not ready to take some of these steps, that might be a great time to reach out for some coaching. I'm going to post in the description of the podcast for when this gets posted a link to book a call with me if that's something that you want. Um, and anyone who's watching this, who's on this call right now, you can send me a message to the secret habit men's community, but that is really my plug is if this seems really challenging, sounds like there's some encouragement you need some coaching, maybe getting to the inner child, maybe looking back at a formative story where you were hurt, you were rejected. I know my mom would lock me in my bedroom as a child because she was afraid of hurting me. And I learned to not trust people. I learned that safety isn't available. And there was a lot of inconsistencies in my parents' life. And I sometimes would be loved by them. Sometimes I felt like I was totally ignored and neglected. And I grew up wondering, am I seen? Am I, am I cared for? Maybe sometimes, maybe when I score goals in lacrosse, I don't know. It's very confusing. And those things can make it really hard to feel safe and secure to have new relationships. So if that's you guys, I understand. Maybe not your story specifically, but I know that this can be really hard and really scary. But I also know that it can be a lot simpler than we make it out to be. So guys, that is the training 
Hey, so there you have it. The four barriers keeping you from thriving in your relationships, the solutions that I think are really bite-sized and applicable as of today and tomorrow, and some next steps for you guys to really look at how can you create and thrive in your relationships virtually and in person. I really hope this has been practical and helpful. I really hope that it encourages you and challenges you, and I really hope that you would join the Secret Habit Men's community secrethabit.ca slash communities where you can request to join. And I really hope you would consider how important this is for your recovery, for your future, for your health, for your faith, for your marriage, to be in relationship with other people. This is not just for men, because the training is focused on men. This is for women too. This is so important. So I just hope it's blessed you. I hope it's helped you. I would really pray that you would maybe share this with somebody who just needs to break down some barriers in their life to get into greater connection with other people, even maybe with God. And would you maybe leave a a review or at least a rating on this podcast so more people can see it and hear it and experience the truth and the light that I believe God has called us to offer. So thank you so much for tuning in. God bless and lots of love.